The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Employment Law Show right here. Skulls along with Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner at Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. How about that? You want to email a question as well? Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We've got a lot to cover today, including being let go from your job without even realizing it. That's a scary proposition, but we'll get to that. But first, pal, the, uh, the week that was, a couple of things that have been uh, happening uh, with you uh, this past week. What's going on? Hey, John, always uh, great, always a pleasure, really exciting to be back here to talk about employment law and to help solve problems. You know, I, I get excited because I, I speak to people, and when I speak to them, I hopefully give them some guidance, some information that they didn't otherwise know so that they can take that information and hopefully make a positive change, make their work environment better, understand their rights. We all have a right to know what the law is, what our legal rights are, so this is the time where you can do that about your job, about your severance, about losing your job, being put on a layoff, having your job changed, your hours reduced, uh, workplace safety. Do you have to go to work? Uh, what if the work is unsafe? Now is the time to ask those questions. We are here to make sure you have all the information that you need. So don't be bashful. Pick up the phone. Let's talk. Or, of course, there's always option B. Option B is we have a private discussion. We email, we sp uh, speak on the phone privately. We'll give you that contact information throughout the show so that we can connect that way. But now that we're, we got that out of the way, let's get going with mm -hmm. our, our uh, in informing. So I have a couple of things I wanted to talk about. The first thing, we actually touched on on Wednesday uh, evening when we did our show, but I, it was so important that I want to re reiterate it again. So obviously we all know here in Ontario, the, the government of Ontario announced a number of changes, uh, stay-at-home orders, uh, essential work, etc. over the past few days. But there's really one very, very, to me the most important aspect of uh, these announcements, and that is this, and this, is, this applies now to, to employees, and that is the fact that an employer now is required to allow the employee to work from home yep. if the employee is able to do their job from home. That is a huge change. John, I've been getting, since COVID started, I've gotten hundreds of emails from people saying, well, I'm not comfortable going to work. I can do my job from home, but my employer wants me to come in. Do I have to go in? Well, up until now, the answer was, unfortunately, you do. It's up to your employer. Well, that, that now has changed, at least for the next month, and who knows how long that may be extended, but at least for the next month, if you are able to do your job from home, your employer has to allow that to happen. They have to allow you to work from home. It's, they can't refuse. It's illegal. There's a number of things you could do if they refuse. I've already, John, started getting calls from people where they, they've been having some pushback from their employer. They, they say to their employer, well, I'm going to work from home because of this order, and the employer is giving them a hard time about it. If that is your situation, you want to call me. We can deal with that. It's easy to resolve. You can now work from home if you are able to. Uh, the government of Ontario made that mandatory, so keep that in mind. Got our uh, first colleague on the air. Uh, how are you? Great, thanks. Um, we are a window installer. Um, we have about 10 crews out installing windows for us. They're all employees. They've been with us for years. Uh, the foremen have anyways. Um, and they work off a percentage of the the install price. So we've we've made a decision. We're gonna we're raising the prices. I'm gonna say dramatically, probably in the areas of 15 to 20 percent. Um, 
So, but again, we're trying to control some costs. Our foremen do get paid very well. Um, over the years, as we raise prices slowly, we have, um, they just got that same percentage. But this time, we want to we want to recoup some money. We want to hold them where they are. Um, can we do that, or do I have to? Am I am I getting myself into trouble? So what you're saying is that you're going to keep compensation the same, and the concern is that you're not raising it. Is that is that the concern? Yeah. So, so the they're typically been on fifteen percent of the install price. Right. Okay. So now we're raising the prices. So in essence, we're giving them a raise as we raise the prices. Right. So we'd like to keep them at basically the same rate. So in essence, so you're going to reduce the percentage, but the compensation is going to stay the same. Correct. Okay. So the key here ultimately is whether or not this is going to mean they're taking a pay cut. So, because uh, in, in theory, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. In theory, you raise the prices. If you now have less people buying, uh, and, and they have less work, and they're taking a lesser percentage, even though uh, the the prices are high, they may be making less money. So the problem is the impact on compensation. In theory, what an employee like that could do and say, "Well, no, not happy about it, but I'll give it a chance. I'll I'll give it a few months and see how it goes. And if compensation stays the same, or hey, if it increases." Life is good, no problem. On the other hand, if compensation goes down, depending on how much it goes down, that employee may be able to say, well, wait a second, that's a constructive dismissal. You've cut my pay, essentially. So it, it's not so much about the percentage. It's, so, it's more about the, the change to compensation. And employees are not going to be able to know how it's going to impact their compensation for at least a number of months once they see how this all plays out. So in theory, yeah, you could be taking a risk if this means that your employees are going to end up making less money. Okay, but, makes sense. Okay, but yes, but there. Um, forget we're established. We we we've we've tested the waters. We can as long as they're still busy, and then they're fine. Yeah, as long as they're busy, as long as they're not actually taking an actual pay cut, they're not putting less money in their pocket, then yeah, you, you are fine. You, you're, you're really just playing around with the percentages a bit, but you're not changing their compensation. In that case, yeah, you would be fine, absolutely. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate that. You want to reach out further, here is a number for you, one 821 5900 That will put you in the uh, fine crew. Under uh, Lior's tutelage at the firm, again, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Jen, thanks for standing by. Hi. Hi, Jen. Hi, go ahead. Hi. So I was off from September 2019 to supposed to return back uh, to work in November, and I felt ready to return back. I had mental health stuff, but... As I was returning back to work, they put the stay-at-home order in so the kids are home now from school. And I'm trying to now balance returning back to work and taking care of my kids, right? So what are my rights in this circumstance to, to maybe wait to returning to work because it's causing more stress and more issues within my household. Now, Jen, are you able to work from home? Is the t your, your job the type of job that you can do from home? Yes. So if you're able to do your job from home, to tell your employer, sorry, I'm not going to do that, you, you would have to be able to show 
that because of the children are there, it really is impossible that you need to provide care for them, you know, especially if they're very young. Yeah. Uh, then, and, and, you know, the type of age where they need, you know, their mother, you know, regularly and constantly to care for them. In that yeah. situation, you may be able to say, you, you, my employer, have to accommodate me by allowing me to care for my children. But here's what I'm going to say. Depending on your job and the ages of the children and depending on whether there's someone else in the household, you know, a, a spouse, a parent, etc., it may be difficult to do uh, because you're still at home with them. And, and especially if there's some other help, it may be difficult to do that. You would really have to show that the only way you can care for your children is if your employer allows you not to work. So it's definitely would be easier to do if you had to go physically into the office. Well, I can't leave my children alone, so I have, so you have to accommodate me. But if you're able to work from home and your employer is allowing you to work from home, I think it may be a bit tough. You really have to show, like I said, that if if I work, I just can't care for my children. Is that your situation? It's causing a lot of mental health stuff. Like I'm just, I just feel overwhelmed. Right. So, I, so here's I, what and you I do. I'm uh, having trouble focusing. I, I just started back, right? right. So, just so there's a simple me. solution, Jen, uh, in that situation. Given what you just told me, you speak to your doctor. You get a doctor's note saying that for health reasons, doesn't even have to say for mental health reasons, you, you cannot work, uh, and you know you'll be evaluated again in a month or whatever the doctor feels is appropriate. If you have that, then you you can. Without that, I think you're going to have a, a difficult time. And my concern here is if you simply say, well, this is too much, so I'm not doing it, your employer may consider you to have resigned, and then you lose your job. But if you have your doctor's backup, guess what? You're fully protected. You can be off as long as the doctor says a few weeks, a few months even. So speak to your doctor and get that doctor's note. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Chen. Appreciate your time. Again, you want to reach out to any other time to get a hold of Lior and the team, one 821 5900, that is the way to do that. There's also the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Tons of information there, free and anonymous. Before we uh, take a break in a couple minutes, I know you want to bounce back to the uh, the week that was, Leo. Or you had another situation you wanted to talk about. Yes, absolutely. So I've you said know. forever on this show and every every place I've spoken that a temporary layoff is not legal, meaning that an employee has the right to treat a temporary layoff as a termination and get severance. Well, so that's not controversial. That's established. Well, I spoke with someone this week whose employer thought they could, they found a way around it. They told their employee, okay, we're not putting you on a temporary layoff. We're putting you on a furlough. So you're on a furlough and that's very different. Therefore, we don't have to do anything. We can simply put you on a furlough. And this person called me and he wanted to know, well, is this furlough different? Is can they do that? You said layoffs are not illegal, but or layoffs are not legal. But what about furloughs? So I thought this was an opportunity to talk a bit about that. Well, there is no difference between a furlough and a layoff. In fact, the term furlough is an American term. It doesn't even exist really in in, in Canadian law. It doesn't exist. It's a made-up term here, at least in Canada. If you're not working you are on a layoff, whether it's term, uh, temporary or permanent, or you've been terminated. So any term like that, furlough, layoff, infectious disease leave, unpaid leave, any situation where your employer says, I've decided you're not going to be working for a while, is something that allows you to treat it as a termination. It's not legal. 
there's no distinction between those terms for all practical purposes, furlough, layoffs, etc. So if your employer says you're not working for a while, for a number period of time or for an indefinite period of time, you can accept that or you can choose to treat that as a termination. If that's what you want to do, give me a call and I'll help you. All right, hell of a start. We'll take a short break and right back into it. Being let go from your job without realizing it. That is a topic we're covering. Play Malash Show right here, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, welcome back. Questions about your employment rights. This is your show. As you know, if you've been terminated, laid off, uh, wrongfully dismissed, harassed at work, experienced changes to your job, human rights issues, or any questions about severance, everything, pretty much, help at employmentlawyer.ca's email address before we get back to a topic at hand. Want to always get to the phones first. Johnny, thanks for standing by. I hope everybody's staying safe there. Yeah, man, we're all at home doing our thing. How about you? Great, great. No complaints, really, man. Just living the dream, buddy. Living the dream. <laughs> that's it. What's on your mind? One day at a time, one week at a time. That's it. That's all we can do, right? Let's stay. Yeah, let's it. keep it that way. Totally. I what's uh, what's on your concern? What's okay, your concern? Listen, uh, this is it in a nutshell. Um, mm. I'm a delivery driver. Um, I was laid off with the CERB last March, April. Uh, went back to work in August for two weeks. I had uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, which knocked me out. Recently going back with a doctor's note, February 1st, I'm good to go, feeling great, healthy. Um, and then he, my boss tells me, wait until we get more busier. Yeah, and uh, here's, here's the complicating factor. The complicating factor is that first layoff you had back in the, in the spring. Yeah. Uh, so when your employer laid you off in the spring, it was not something that they had a right to do, meaning you could have obviously said, no, I'm not doing that, treating it as a termination and getting severance. But because you accepted it, I'm not blaming you at all. I mean, it made sense. But you, you accepted it, you stayed home, and then you came back when you were called back to work. Arguably now there's a new implied term uh, with your employment that your employer can do that, that they have a right to lay you off temporarily. So the concern now is this. Now that they're laying you off a second time, you may not be able to do anything about it because of the fact that you accepted it the first time. And, and it, it actually, in a way, it gets a bit worse in that right now with the government regulations, because you accepted that first layoff, you could potentially be off work until February or March of 2022, so for another year plus. So at this point, I think the best recourse is to, to follow up with your employer, to kind of stay top of mind with them, uh, and and hope you can get back to work very very quickly. Uh, it, it's not something I would recommend pursuing as a termination because of the fact that you accepted that first layoff. So that's that's the issue here, Johnny. Well, well, the thing is, I I trust him in the fact that he said he's going to bring me back once we get a little busier. But that could be, you know what I mean, June or July. And obviously, I got to pick up some money and everything else in the meantime. But I guess at the end of the day, I'm just going to trust his word. And when we get busier, we got a truck sitting there doing nothing. So. You know so, he obviously, yeah. so he obviously wants to get it going. And by the way, you are allowed to work elsewhere uh, elsewhere while you're off without jeopardizing your employment status. So you can absolutely do that. And I think under the circumstances, that's probably the best uh, course of action. Hey, buddy, pitter-patter, let's get at her. You guys stay safe. Merci beaucoup, and go leave scope. 
<laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate Love the call. Love the guy. It's awesome. Yep. It's okay. Being let go from your job without even realizing it. Now, many situations uh, you may consider having lost your job, you may not even know it. Tell me about that. Most people think it's obvious. I get let go, I get let go. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and you obviously, there are situations, many, many situations, of course, where you know you've been let go. You've been called into a meeting. They hand you a paper, says today's your last day. You pack up your office and you go. Clearly, that's a termination. Clearly, you know you just lost your job. Uh, but not all terminations are like that. There are situations where we're going to address where the law decides you've been terminated. Your employer may not necessarily have said that uh, said that to you. Your employer may not even have realized that it did that. But there are situations where, regardless of what you think or, or the company thinks, the law says, guess what? This is a termination. So I call that being terminated without even realizing it. So we're going to talk about that so that you know if that happens to you, that you have been terminated and, and what your rights are in that situation. The big one here, the first one, is the uh, the elf in the room, and this one's become uh, right to the fore, forefront in the last mm, 44 weeks, I would say, and that's temporary layoffs. How about that one? Yes, so temporary layoff is the classic, maybe right now the main way yeah. where you could be terminated without realizing it. So for people that have been terminated, oh, sorry, been put on a temporary layoff, even if it's COVID-19 related, uh, as I said before, maybe it's, they call it a furlough, maybe they ca- call it a unpaid leave of absence, it doesn't matter. If you've been told you're not working now for a period of time, for most people, that is actually a termination. Or at least it's a termination if you want it to be. So as I said before a number of times, an employer does not have an automatic right to lay you off temporarily. They can gain that right if you accept it, if you allow it to happen, or if you sign an agreement that gives them that power. But otherwise, an employer does not have a right to lay you off temporarily. So if they do, you can choose to treat that as a termination. The law says you now employee may make the decision that this is a termination and why is that important well that means you would be owed severance of course which could be as much as two years pay 24 months and there's reasons why you may want to consider that in some situations as i said to uh, johnny our previous caller if you accept the layoff then that means the company can do it again and again and again and that's a huge problem because I don't think that's what's going to happen with Johnny, hopefully, because he says his employer is a good employer, etc. But you could be in a situation that because you accepted a layoff, you go back to work for a few months, they lay you off for a few months, back and forth, back and forth. Not a good way to work, right? Not a good way to live and earn a living, put food on the table. So one consideration has to, I think, at least be, if you are on a temporary layoff, do I want to treat that as a termination? The law says that it is. Get my severance and move on. Otherwise, under the current status, you could be off till like 2023 once they bring you back from this uh, current one and then the normal layoff, right? Well, I hope not 2023. It's actually 2022. 2022. Sorry, pardon me. Uh, yes. 2022. Yeah. yeah, but it could be March 2022. My gosh, we're now in, in, beginning of 2021. Can you imagine being off for another year plus? And by the way, a lot of these people have already been off since March of 2020. Oh, my God. So that would mean a total of being off for two years. But again... As bad as that sounds, that's only if you accept it, if you choose to ignore your right to treat it as a termination. Option B, of course, is no, that's a termination employer. I know you didn't think that, you didn't want that, you didn't mean that, doesn't matter. The law says that's what it is, so now you have to pay me my severance. Let's get Joe on the air here. Hey, Joe, thanks for standing by. How are you, pal? I'm good, and you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, we're just checking our, our old uh, base stuff to make sure that uh, 
our, our my wife works actually my wife works for a private company, and uh, she's not sure she's noticing a lot less on her pay, so she's not sure if they cut back her pay. So we're just going to dig through some old pay. But my other question is, they've actually said to us, for her that they cut back on her pension plan. In fact, they're not giving her any more pension. Is that legal? No, it's not legal. Uh, pension obviously is an important component of compensation. Uh, and and she could choose to, to potentially treat, if, if they eliminated her pension, as you said, to treat that as a constructive dismissal uh, or potentially uh, have them pay her for the money that they owe her on account of the pension. So it's not legal, but she has to decide ultimately, is she, to, to deal with this, let's put it this way, it's going to get somewhat confrontational, right? There's no way to go in there and say, oh, come on, Leslie, give me my pension, sure, no problem. So if she wants to deal with that, if she's not comfortable or happy with that, I can absolutely help her deal with it. Uh, she needs to give me a call. Now, on the pay front, I think the easiest way to, to do it is ask the question. Ask her employer. You know, I noticed some discrepancies. Can you confirm what my pay is if, if I've been paid correctly? Maybe they've made a mistake. But certainly on the pension front, it's not legal, uh, Joe. Okay, thank you very much. I will let her know. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate that. Here's how you reach out, by the way, when we're not uh, doing this particular show throughout the week. That is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That's the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, if you just go to employmentlawyer.ca, you'll get links to our long-running TV show as well. It's a 30-minute condensed version of what we do here. So you'll check that anytime. And, of course, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the free and anonymous website, which is full of employment law information. So being let go from your job without realizing it. Get to a couple more of these before we got a break. Uh, changes to terms of your employment. And this is a long list of possibilities here as well. Yes, absolutely. So the first one we talked about is a temporary layoff. That is a termination. That's being terminated without realizing it. The, the, the next on the list, very, very, very common, is when the terms of your employment have been changed. So, for example... Your salary has been decreased, just like we were talking before with our caller. Uh, the compensation has changed. Your hours of work were reduced. Maybe you've been relocated far away. A significant change to the terms of employment results in what we call a constructive dismissal. So that means that in the eyes of the law, you've been terminated. So again, the company may not think that. They just say, we're going to give you a 30% pay cut. We're not terminating your employment. But the law says, uh-uh, no, because you can't do that, now the employee can choose to treat that as a termination and get severance. Now, there's some really good reasons as to why you want to do that. So let's take my pay cut example for, for a second. Say the employer says, I'm going to cut your pay, 20%, 30%, whatever that is. Well, the, obviously, that's bad in itself, right? I don't have to convince someone that taking a 20% or 30% pay cut is bad. It's bad. But, again, it gets worse. Number one is let's say that you take the pay cut and a month later the company lets you go. They have to pay you severance, of course. But at that point, they have to pay you, they're going to pay you severance based on your reduced salary. Right. Why? Because a month earlier you accepted the pay cut. Now you're making less money. So you potentially then lose 30% on your severance. Another bad thing. But it gets even worse than that. You accepted, let's say, that 20% pay cut. You wanted to be that good soldier to, to help out the company. Again, very admirable. But by doing that, you've given the company the right to do it again. Mm -hmm. And that's where it gets really, really bad. So three months later, when they reduce you by another 20% and then another and then another, you won't be able to do anything about it. 
That's why you really only have that one shot, that one kick at the can to treat your employment as being terminated if you're facing a significant change. So it's not every change that's a constructive dismissal. If, for example, your employer says instead of working 9 to 5, you're working 8.30 to 4.30, it's probably not enough to be a constructive dismissal. But if they're saying instead of 9 to 5, you're now going to work 2 p.m. to 10 p.m., oh, gosh, yeah, you better believe that's uh, significant and that's a constructive dismissal. So definitely, if you've uh, you've had your terms of employment changed and you didn't accept that, in the eyes of the law, that is a termination. Would that go uh, with change of location of job, of course, uh, as well? Would that be the same type of thing if you accepted it? So change of location, let's touch on that uh, since, since you, you mentioned it. So generally speaking, a change of location, if it's a significant change, is also a constructive dismissal. It's also something that is a termination. Now, of course, the question becomes, what's significant? If the company relocated you across the street, of course, that's not going to be significant. If they relocated you to another province, you, you, you better believe that's significant. Generally speaking, my rule is this. If it increases your commute by more than an hour, by an hour or more, it's significant. If it's less than an hour, it's probably not significant. So it's not about how many kilometers. It's about the time that's going to take you, the extra time it's going to take you to get to work. So, you know, for some people, that doesn't mean that the company is moving far away. If you're not driving, if you're taking public transportation, even a relatively small uh, change in location could mean an extra hour or two or three uh, to get to work. So that's how it works with a change in location. If you're in that situation, of course, you have the, the right to either accept that relocation, of course, or you can treat that as a termination and get your severance. Love it. Take a short break. Get right back into that list of uh, being let go with your job without realizing it. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Employment Law Show. I've had your phone calls here in just a minute. I want to be talking about this. So being let go from your job without realizing it. Next one on the list is unpaid suspension. Unpaid suspensions. Unpaid suspension. Now, keep in mind, we're talking about non-union employees. By the way, pretty much anything we talk about on the show, for the most part, only applies to non-unionized employees. Unionized employees are are governed by their collective agreement. But to, to our point about unpaid suspensions, an employer does not have a right, in most cases, to suspend you without pay. They do have a right, as long as it's in good faith, to suspend you with pay, maybe as a disciplinary measure, if you did something really bad, okay, but not to suspend you without pay. If they do, again, we're back to that scenario that I mentioned earlier, where you could have the right to treat it as a termination of employment. So clearly your employer is not intending or thinking or deciding to let you go in that situation. They're simply saying, we think you did something wrong, so we're suspending you without pay. But that's where the law comes in and says, "Uh uh-uh, you can't do that. The suspension without pay in the eyes of the law is a termination. In most cases, you have a right to treat it uh, as that and get your severance. Now, it may not make sense to do that if you're suspended without pay for a day, But if it's a longer suspension, yeah, absolutely. You may want to consider saying not accepting it, not right, not legal. So that's a termination. Now you have to pay me my severance. So no, suspensions without pay should not be a tool in in any, any employer's arsenal 
unless, of course, it's a unionized environment. Being let go from your job without realizing it, sale of a business. We've, uh, you and I have talked about this so many times with uh, dentists and doctors' office. They seem to flip their businesses all the time. They retire, pass them on to a sibling or someone else who's taken over the office. How does that work? So this is very important. A sale of a business, meaning that your your employer has been sold. There's a new there's new ownership. In that situation, in every one of those situations, you have a right to treat that change as a termination of employment, even if you're offered a job by the buyer, okay? If you're deciding not to accept the job by the buyer, you can still treat that as a termination. Why? Because now you're no longer working for the company you worked for. They're ending the relationship. Someone else is offering you a job. Well, but your employment has still been terminated. Now, the reason why I say this is a termination without being uh, without realizing it is, no one's going to tell you that the company selling the business and the company buying the business are not going to say that's a termination. They're simply saying, oh, we're going to sell it to uh, this company and they're going to continue employing you. Well, no. The law says if you wanted, you can treat that as a termination. But there's a bit of a wrinkle here. Certainly, if you're not offered a job by the buyer, that's a regular termination to get your full severance, easy peasy, no problem. Yep. If you are offered a job by the buyer, but you don't want to take it, you just want your severance, the question then becomes, why don't you want to take the job offer? If it's because it's an offer with not good terms or less money, a different offer, then you get still get you still get your full severance. On the other hand, if you don't have a good reason, you know what? I just I'll take this opportunity to to retire or go back to school or spend more time with the family. There's no real good reason. Well, in that situation, you still get severance, but you don't get your full severance. You only get your minimum entitlements. So there's that distinction there. So we can always talk about if you are in a sale of a business situation and you want your severance, you don't want to accept the job, we can talk about how much severance you'd be getting. But generally speaking, anytime there's a sale of a business, anytime the company that you used to work for is no longer going to be your employer, that's a termination. In either of those two scenarios, who pays the severance, buyer or seller? Seller always pays the severance in that situation, always. So if you lose your job with that seller, the seller pays the severance. But keep in mind, this is important, I didn't mention that earlier, and that is if, in fact, you accept a job with the buyer, okay, then the buyer inherits your service. And if that buyer, let's say a year later, lets you go, well, the severance they have to pay you is going to include the time you had with the previous company. That's very, very important to keep in mind. What you don't want to do, by the way, if you accept a job with a buyer, if, if they want you to sign a new employment agreement, please, please pay so careful attention to that agreement. Because one of the things they may say is, mm -hmm. by signing this, you agree that we're not going to accept your uh, past uh, service. You want to be very careful with that. If your new employer wants you to sign an agreement, frankly, if your existing employer wants you to sign a new employment agreement, do not sign. Not at all. Not without speaking to me first. By the way, to reach out, don't do that. It could cost you so large on the back end. one 821 5900 That is the, uh, the way to do that. Let's squeeze in one more before we break. Being let go from your job without realizing it, failure to accommodate. Know this one as well. Yeah, so if you need accommodation, medical condition, for example, uh, you, you have a medical condition that requires the company to give you modified hours or modified duties or maybe to require to allow you to work from home, and the company doesn't do that or, or they don't want to or they say they can't, but you know that they really can't. They're just not trying hard enough. That in and of itself is not only a human rights violation. That is also something that gives you the right 
to treat it as a termination. So let's be very clear here. Your employer has to accommodate you if the request to accommodation is legitimate, if it comes from a doctor, and if they're able to do that. Even if it's difficult, they still have to do it. They can't say, well, we don't want to. That's not fair to other people. If they refuse to accommodate when they should, again, human rights violation, that's a big issue. But because this right to be accommodated is such a fundamental right that all employees have, if the employer doesn't do that, it's so bad that you can say, now you've terminated my employment. Not only human rights violation, I can get my severance from you now, by the way, which is could be as much as two years pay. So not being accommodated, illegal, a termination. If you ever, ever are in that situation, please talk to me before you do anything else. Want to get a call or two lined up here? Just get those uh, nailed down before we take them on air. We'll take an opportunity to uh, take to, to, uh, take a break rather and get back to that. Employment Law Show, this is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, Jason, thanks for hanging on. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Um, my wife recently got a job offer and signed a two-year contract with her new employer. And then uh, they actually asked her to start at an earlier date. So they sent her another contract to sign to start at an earlier date. And prior to starting by that date, they called her and said that uh, – the job had been fulfilled by someone internally that they no longer need her. So she just wants to know where she stands. And that was a two-year contract for a fixed period of time? A two-year contract, yeah. Well, the interesting thing, Jason, and this is, you may be surprised, is they may owe her payment for those two years. Now, I would need to see the contract because if it has what I call an early exit clause, uh, then it's possible they may not know her, owe her much of anything or, or you know, they may owe her what the contract says. But if it's a fixed-term contract for two years without an early exit clause, even though they quote-unquote change their mind, they may owe her for two years. Oh my God. So, you know, that's a big deal here. So, Jason, I want you or your wife to send me a copy of that contract. Everything that she's owed or, or, or how we pursue this is going to be encompassed in that contract. So have her send that to me as soon as possible. I'll take a look, and we'll know exactly where we're what we're facing. Okay, where can she send that to? I'm going to give it to you right now, Jason. Uh, the email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, okay. and I'll give you the I'll give you the phone number too if you want to carry on. At that point, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Going to get a Peter here in a sec, but I can't see any employer. I mean, you've got to be really dumb to put a two year contract out there, pull it off the table, and not have some sort of clause in there protecting your rear end. Come on, John. I I, I cannot <sighs> count how many times I've seen contracts that were for two, three, even once for six years. A six year contract that did not have early exit clauses. Yes, should an employer do that? Sure, absolutely. Do many of them do? No. And the reason why that's important, the rule with the fixed-term contract is if the contract ends before the end of it, the company still has to pay you the difference, the balance of that contract. So uh, please, if you're ever in that situation, you know now what your employer has to pay. Peter, thanks for standing by. How are you? I'm doing well. All right. Um, I'm 71 years old. I work with a company for... 48 years, 
Wow. wow. One employer, I worked with him for 28 years, and one I worked for 20 years. I'm the last one, and last November, he, he wanted me to retire, and I said I don't want it to retire, so he gave me a termination letter. But in March, but in March he laid me off, and he didn't he did not give me no paper away from the um, termination letter. And on the termination letter, he said I won't be getting seven pay. Okay, so let, let me just understand that. So in November you got a termination letter. Yes. And did that give you notice? Did they tell you that your employment is going to be terminated in the future? Yeah, that he gave me one here one here termination letter, but he did lay me off in March. Before I see. That. Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Okay. So uh, here's how this works. You, I mean, you have two options and only two options as far as, uh, as I can see here. Option number one is you do nothing and you wait and see what happens. Uh, if, they, if he calls you back to work, you go back to work. And then if he lets you go in November, like he said, so he gave well, you one notice. He, I'm sorry, but he won't be calling me back because his last November. I should, I should, um, I should. My termination was for last November, not this November coming. Oh, I see. This, uh, last November. So, yeah, so yeah. if you were terminated in November, why? How was he laying you off in March? He lived, well. Well, his, his termination was one year. No, okay. So, so I, it, it was November. So, so yeah. the termination date was going to be November of 2021. Exactly. No, of 2020. I see. Okay, so so you laid you off in March 2020, and uh, he's not calling you back because we're not past it. So he owes you severance, my friend. So sorry, I I, I misunderstood what you were saying. He owes you at least two years severance, but there's another issue here. If the guy didn't want you there because of your age, he was pushing you to retire, potentially that's a human rights violation as well. But Peter, he owes you two years' pay based on what you're earning most recently, your average income. So I absolutely want you to reach out to me as soon as possible here. He has no way to avoid paying you severance. And as I said, potentially there's human rights issues as well. After all those years, you could even be one of those employees, Peter, that may get more than two years' pay. It's rare, but after 48 years, you're going to be the one. So I want you to connect with me as soon as possible. It's not going to be difficult to get you what you're owed. So uh, let, let's do that. You, do you want me to send a termination letter when I, when I um, get in touch with you? Or talk Absolutely. To you? Let's start with a call. Call me, and I'll tell you exactly what I need. But let's connect on the phone. I wouldn't wait on this. Let's get you what you're owed. Okay, thank you very much. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you, Peter. And uh, like we said a billion times in the last nine years, all it takes is a phone call, and it just it just peel back the layer of the onion until you get to the bottom. And, man, 48 years, you're too old, get out. <laughs> and this employer's checking all the right boxes. Yeah, he oh really couldn't have done it any worse than that. And, and, you know, it's important to remember that there's no such thing as mandatory retirement. You can mm-hmm. work as long as you want. If your employer tries to push you because of your age, if your employer mistreats you because of that tells you you're too old illegal human rights violation can't do that i can't emphasize that enough so you know what to do now if you're ever in that situation and cheers to uh, to peter as well for slugging it out for 48 years in the same workplace that's pretty much a record i think we've had on this show possibly right that's, i think uh, it is that you don't see too many of that that says a lot about him that he was able to be that loyal that consistent that productive so congratulations that's amazing
It, it's now you mentioned is it is it a time thing? <laughs> Pardon me, or an age thing that he would get maybe a little more than two years? Well, it, it's both the fact that because the factors are your the the age you have and the length of your employment. Well, yeah. he scores very highly on both of those categories. He's been there for forty eight years. Again, you don't see that often. And he's also 71. Again, not too many people necessarily that are getting severance are in their 70s. So yeah. because of those factors, he's going to be not just at the maximum, which is 24 months. He could even be one of those exceptions that gets more than the maximum, 26, 28, maybe even 30 months pay. That's why it's so, so, so important to, to make that call. I can't believe that his employer thinks that it can avoid paying him that severance. That's just ridiculous. Now, I'm going to leave you the contact information now as we uh, we wrap it up for you. For you as well, Peter, make sure you get this down. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email address, help at employmentlawyer.ca, 1-855-821-5900 is the number. And you can always refer to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. Great show. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.